Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, Opportunity. It's what we all want, but what happens when an opportunity is taken away from you? How do you react? Well, we're seeing it play out in real life right now with Jordan Hicks. Got all the respect in the world for Hicks, who broke his silence over the weekend. He was open. He was honest. He was very candid about his feelings. First, though, our thoughts on Back Together Saturday. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 448, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So we talked about it after Friday's practice, MJ. They were there again on Saturday, talking about the fans and how much of a difference having people in the stands cannot be overstated enough. The energy, everyone from the coaches to the players, the support staff, everyone just kind of, there's a little bit more bounce in everyone's steps here in practice. I couldn't agree more. And I was listening to Kyle Shanahan and he said game one last year was just dead. And of course the Cardinals were able to go up there and win in week one against a division opponent that represented the Super Bowl. Um, you know, last year the players had to find their own juice and usually a big play. Um, but it was just interesting where you can almost hear the, the other sidelines if they made a big play. And, and that was unusual. So I, I can't tell you enough. I say it enough. The, the, we as an organization and, and, the, and the players, they definitely miss the fans. And I anticipate we're going to have good fans. Uh, I know school started, but coming up this week and then including the red and white practice coming up on Saturday. And then we're looking at preseason games, something we didn't have last year. But just having the fans in, you know, they may have had 3,000 on Friday, maybe seven, 8,000 on Saturday. Um, it really made a difference for these players. And they got a chance to see the offense. I thought the offense was clicking on Saturday. And it usually goes back and forth. One day the defense will have their upper hand. But I thought the offense came out and showed what they can do when healthy and they can spin the ball down the field. On the fans, Max Williams post-practice on Saturday, quote, it was loud in there today. And then he was talking about last season and the whole league just seemed off with no fans. And there is going to be a renewed sense of appreciation about what those people mean that pay money to come watch teams, not just in the NFL, but college football, basketball, every single sport across the board. You're going to see, I think, better play because you do feed off of it, not only at home, but when you're on the road, because what do you always like to see? The players always say, like, sometimes they prefer playing on the road because what, what gets them excited? Shutting up the fans on the road. Don't give them anything to cheer about. And we have the uh, Hall of Fame game. you got the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Normally you have some Hall of Famers going in there. And then next thing you know, Craig, uh, the Cardinals will start their preseason schedule and then – uh, they're going to practice on Labor Day, but after that, you're going to have football every single Sunday. And technically, on paper, if you throw in college right around August 28th, and that's when the Cardinals head to New Orleans to play the Saints, we're going to have football between now and February. We're getting closer. I like it. It sounds very, very good. You know what I also liked? Rondell Moore. He continues. Now, I'm going to couch this a little bit, and I feel I have to say this every time we talk here at Cardinals Training Camp, powered by Cox, because, yes, it is early. We are entering week two. We will know a lot more about these players individually, especially the young players once the pads come on, and that is happening this week. But Rondell Moore, in a word, awesome. I, I just, you know, 
the ability to make the over-the-shoulder catch as he did between two defenders on a pass thrown by Chris Strebler during 7-on-7. Later on 11-on-11, he caught a pass down the seam from Kyler for what would have been a touchdown. You've noticed it during the first couple of days of camp. There is no one defensively that can keep up with Rondell Moore right now. And I think Malcolm Butler has flashed at times, and I, I think Robert Alford's shown his physicality. He's got his hands on a few footballs, including a pick six. I mean, I look at Byron Murphy. He's making plays out there. But, you know, sometimes you'll go against the second unit. Usually the Cardinals like to have their first team, and then you're rotating, you know, different personnel, and the defense will counter with their, their different personnel. So a lot of it's against the number one, but that you can't rush the passer. You, you can't even touch the quarterback. So we we got to temper it a little bit, and they will put the pads on Tuesday. That'll be the first time. But I can tell you right now, he, they cannot cover him in training camp thus far. And I can make the same claim when it comes to A.J. Green. A.J. Green, he has that long stride. He's got a thick lower torso. you got to see his, his, his quads and his thighs. And he gets separation. He's getting over the top. He's great on the 50-50 ball. They're working on the back shoulder fade. They're working on the comeback route. And then you throw in Christian Kirk, and, and, you know, Christian Kirk's probably one of the guys that's been more consistent just catching the football. You don't see anything, any drops from Hop. You don't see him from Rondell Moore. Sometimes maybe he's got to slow down a little bit, and we think he's going to get his feet wet when it comes to special teams. Um, he's he's actually getting a chance to, to return kicks and punts. I, I noticed that, um, you know, jo, uh, Christian Kirk's been out there and jo, JoJo Ward at times. So, you know, if you're a backup, you got to play on teams. But uh, he's going to be part of this offense. But right now, they cannot cover him in training camp. He's listed talking about Rondell Moore at five foot seven and 181 pounds. But you watch him on the football field, and he does not look small. He plays bigger than what his size weights would indicate, and I think that's important. He's not going to get lost in the shuffle. If he can continue this here now with the pads coming on, standouts in preseason, there will be a role for him. They will find a role for him offensively and not just on special teams. And we haven't even talked about the gadget plays. You know, we know in the past they try to get Andy Isabella or Christian Kirk on a bubble screen. If you can get a block uh, initially, that becomes a, an extended run play in my mind. But you could see him in the backfield where Kyler's in the shotgun and it's that read option where he just pitches it to him. Let him get, let him get to the outside because they're going to have to seal the edge there. So there's going to be different ways to use him. And, you know, we talk about 11 personnel, three wide, one tight, one back. We talk about 12 personnel, two tight, two back, um, two wide receivers, excuse me, one back. But this is the first time I literally can, can say this. Cliff has four wide receivers, and that's 10 personnel. You can line up Hopkins, and 82% of the time he lined up on the left side last year. I mean, I like to see him moving around, but that's that's the air rate. When you get a guy like that, that's the air rate offense. They do it in college even though the hash marks are different. And then you got A.J. Green, and you can really roll out Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk in the slot. Um, I don't know if it's going to take over for 12 personnel because right now I think they got two tight ends they like, and then obviously they're still looking for a pass-catching tight end. But – uh, you can make the case that, you know, we know that they struggled with the 10 personnel in the first month of the season. Uh, their first year, you got to protect the edges. Um, but literally, if Cliff really wants to run, and I think it's got to be, you know, a situational football, two-minute drill, four-minute drill. Um, but that doesn't begrudge them starting the game. If they see something on film that week and they feel like they can spread teams out, um, that's a change-up. But I still think 11 and 12 personnel – 
And as you pointed out, they were number one last year in 10 personnel in the league. And I think the second uh, team was the Buffalo Bills. And, they, you know, clearly Josh Allen's very similar to Kyler Murray. You can get outside the pocket and make all the throws. But I think for the first time, they literally can roll out four wide receivers and feel comfortable about moving the football down the field. Yeah, 10 personnel, 20% of the time, according to Next Gen Stats. And the big addition to that this year is A.J. Green and the questions about signing a 30-something wide receiver. How much does he have left? And what I've noticed is what a lot of people have, and this goes back to the offseason where Cliff Kingsbury was caught on Mike during the most recent episode of Cardinals Flight plan look at number 18 and fans if you come out here to state farm stadium to catch cardinals training camp powered by cox pay attention to number 18 because he does seem not only is he healthy but he's having fun out there and we've talked a lot about it and we'll continue to talk about it he's the number two wide receiver there is less pressure on him here as opposed to what he had in cincinnati and i think right now he's enjoying it and the new lease on life the weather practicing on grass, being in a stadium, climate controlled, all those factors that we touched on in the offseason for why this Arizona is now a destination for free agents that all of a sudden we're seeing it play out on the field. Now we just need to get to the regular season, but I think A.J. Green is going to have a big-time role within this offense. And we've talked about Kyler um, showing more personality, more leadership. When Kyler Murray says that he he likes the wide receiver, okay, we know a couple years ago he wanted C.D. Lamb and he wanted Cardinals to draft Cody Ford, and yes, he should have input, and we'll probably have that conversation at some point this week. Um, but for the most part, it, when Kyler Murray says people are falling asleep on A.J. Green, and when he says that, that's confirmation for me. And if, if I'm here sitting here talking about, you know, they got four receivers, and technically, you know, you can go Keyshawn Johnson and possibly Andy Isabella, even though I think they only dress five on game day. They got some other receivers, A.J. Richardson, um, number 33. Antoine Wesley, the uh, Antoine kid out of Wesley, Texas Tech. He's getting a lot of playing time, and he doesn't drop very many balls. He's skinny. Um, and he's wearing 33, but, man, he's part of the equation here with Keyshawn Johnson and Isabella and JoJo Ward. So I got confirmation from Kyler. But um, in, let's be honest here. I mean, you're paying A.J. Green half of what you were paying Larry Fitzgerald over the last four years. And the key, again, is to stay healthy. Green did have a great catch. Uh, he had several, but one that stood out on Saturday was a deep ball from Kyler and he made sure Green near the sideline to get both feet inbounds as he was defended by Deontay Thompson. So I really like what I'm seeing out of A.J. Green. Look, this is training camp where players flash, and then when you get into the preseason, you like to see kind of the cohesive unit, but it beats the alternative as opposed to talking about, hey, this is just not working out, or you know, why isn't this guy doing this, and why isn't that guy doing that? We're not having those conversations here early in training. No, and, and, and I thought you, you made a good point earlier where he is number two. He, I mean, you got to think, um, he had seven seasons over 1,000 yards. He was the number one target in, in Cincinnati. He went through three quarterbacks last year um, between you know Joe Burrow, um, Ryan Finley, and Brandon Allen. And so for me – I mean, if you're in the number two corner and he stays on the outside, you may draw a second or third corner because somebody's got to cover the slot. And we know in the NFL now that second corner is is also, you know, in the second wide receiver or third wide receiver, they're just as equal. I mean, you can sit here and say, well, their slot guy's better than the outside guy. So the fact that he's going to get, you know, single coverage, um, and I think, you know, I think Kyler will take his chances on the 50-50 ball, but he kind of he's reset his career. 
And, and the fact that he's been number one guy probably in high school and then college, and then you get to the NFL and you're drafted that high. He was a pick before Patrick Peterson, fourth overall. And when you look at his targets last year, a lot of them were uncatchable balls, and that's not the case here. So uh, I don't feel like I need to temper my enthusiasm or be bullish about this. Football is about staying healthy and availability and durability. As long as he can stay healthy, he can help this football team. Quick aside, not sure if you caught it over the weekend and not exactly sure when it posted, but riding shotgun with Lisa Matthews is back again here for training camp, and her first passenger was A.J. Green. You can catch it up on the Arizona Cardinals' official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. But I did not know A.J. Green. The man is a juggler and a very good juggler so something to keep an eye on but uh, he does have great hands we've seen that first in the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and now hopefully with the Arizona Cardinals and you know I think it'll be 33 Craig going into the season if I remember correctly yeah it's there's a birthday coming up okay. uh, for Mr. Green yes. so usually you know and maybe we get to October November um, but right now you know he he can go in there and say hey listen I'm a vet he doesn't want any days off he wants reps and so as long as he can stay healthy and he's stretching, and, again, he, he, he's got the body to play at a high level. I'm telling you that. I, you can see what kind of shape he's in. Um, he's well regarded in that locker room. He does talk to Larry Fitzgerald. They play golf a few times. They don't talk about football. Uh, you know, Larry has a lot of good friends on this, on this roster. He has a lot of good friends, and he still keeps in contact, but they don't ask him about anything else. But, uh, uh, like I said, he looks the part and, you know, uh, the fact that they didn't go out and spend 12 to 15 million on a guy like Kenny Galladay, and you would you know, add because you're paying Hopkins so much, and Hopkins is going to be your 150 target guy. Now that doesn't mean Green can't get 75 to 80 targets and get 50 to 60 receptions. And I, I like him in the red zone, Craig. I, we did see the back uh, the over the shoulder fade um, in a drill. Don't know how much they'll utilize that, but with his height and size going against these five and eleven or six foot corners, I'm going to take my chances on that, on that uh, back shoulder fade, or I want you to throw that fade pass where only one guy can catch it. And Hopkins was throwing one too, so I like that. When you get down the red zone, they all think you're going to run the fall, especially if Connor's in there. Um, you you, know, you got to make sure you don't turn it over, and that's one thing that Kyler said he wants to cut down on those turnovers, especially when when you get to the red zone or the goal line. Green, six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, and just turned thirty-three. July thirty-first, this past Saturday, was his birthday. So a belated birthday shout out to AJ Green, one of the new Arizona Cardinals this season here in twenty twenty-one. Speaking of Saturday, the uh, training camp back together Saturday. I thought it was handled very, very well. Watched some of it after the fact. I had taped it, but the, the thirteen hours of coverage on the NFL Network. Kurt Warner, Peter Strager here covering Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. Kurt Warner sitting down, or I should say standing up with Kyler Murray for a conversation, and Schrags had an opportunity to speak with head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Both of those interviews, by the way, can be found on azcardinals.com. Now we talk a lot about, about the offense, and rightfully so, but defensively, a couple of things for me. One, Zayvon Collins, and he had a tipped pass that Chris Banjo ultimately caught on a ball down the field from Kyler Murray. But if you see the highlight, and I think the clips up are on azcardinals.com or the various social media channels, but the way Collins tipped the ball and he reached back across his body, the wingspan of this young kid from Tulsa. And what also should 
be good for Cardinal fans because we talk about, and I'm going to borrow Bertram Berry's phrasing, the eyes. The fact that Zayvon Collins is going one way but is still looking in the backfield and seeing that football and then has the presence of mind to reach back and get a hand on the football to allow one of his teammates, in this case Chris Banjo, come up with the INT. Well, that's something you can't teach, and those are instincts. And that's something that, you know clearly they're hoping to do once uh, J.J. Watt gets back to practice and hopefully soon is they want to work on the batted ball drill, and J.J. Watt's one of the best at that, and that's more the defensive line where you have to anticipate when the quarterback's going to throw the ball, put your arms up there. Uh, We know when Carlos Dansby was here, he got into a little uh, smaller stance, and he had plenty of time to get some interceptions, dropped a few. We know a couple years ago Jordan Hicks led this team in interceptions, so they're anticipating if they can get that rush up front, meaning you put them in passing situations, they feel like if they get the tip drill going – that that's where Isaiah Simmons and, and uh, Jordan Hicks and then Zayvon Collins and possibly a guy like uh, Chandler Jones can get a ball or two. That clearly, one of the emphasis on forcing more turnovers, and then it all starts up front with the front seven. Yeah, get that secondary some more opportunities at potential interceptions, some takeaways, and get that offense back on the field. If we hope to see Hopkins with 150 targets and A.J. Green with 75 targets, you want that offense on the field so they have the opportunity to get those balls. Yeah, and, and – you know, you know how I feel about hurries, pressures, and knockdowns because what the key is, and you hear the players say, get the quarterback off his spot. J.J. Watt made a comment uh, when he spoke to the media, I think it was last Friday, and he said that, you know, yes, we get fixated on sacks, but I like tackle for losses, stuffs. In other words, get the quarterback off his spot. If it leads to a turnover, that's more impressive than just a sack. Now, if it's a sack on third down, they got a punt. But he was in that same category, stuffs, tackle for loss. That means you're winning at the line of scrimmage, and that's only going to help the entire defense as a whole. Going to get back to the defense here in a moment. Spurg gang, if you like what you hear here, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, and soon the Dave Pash podcast. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Quick special teams notes, and the only reason I bring it up is because it has been a constant question, especially from the Bird Gang here in Arizona. Eno Benjamin, will he be given an opportunity to be, one, to make the team, two, be active on game day? And the thing holding him back or which held him back last season was special teams. He was not involved in special teams. Well, it was noticeable on Saturday that Eno Benjamin, he's not returning kicks, but he is working as the up back. Whether that was Rondell Moore deep or JoJo Ward deep, Eno Benjamin is back there to provide blocking and maybe even an opportunity at catching a kickoff if it's kicked short. But it is good to see number 26 on the field. Also, it was good to see him getting some first-team reps in the backfield with Kyler Murray and company. But Eno Benjamin, if he is going to make this team he has to play on special teams. Otherwise, uh, I'm sorry, Bird Gang, he's not Chase Edmonds. He's not James Conner. You can't hold him. You can't just have him be a running back, at least right now, not at this stage of his career. Yeah, and it's an opportunity for him to get on the field. You know, you, you, you just look at, you know, the fact that D.J. Foster had that role for a while, and he recently signed with the CFL. And, and the up guy is when the when the, the kickoff is kicked shorter, he has the ability to either take it out um, you definitely don't want a fair catch it. Maybe he's catching it at the seven-yard line. Clearly, he's going to try to get out. 
and then you had Chase Edmonds in, in behind him. So that could be a situation. Now I think that's going to be Rondell Moore, um, and they could use a guy like, um, you know, I, I don't think Christian Kirk's going to be, but you would try to use another skill position player as that up guy. The other guys back there, at least during this drill, JoJo Ward, Andre Bocelli and Kalfani Muhammad. Those were the I like four Muhammad. I like the way there. he runs. And and Jonathan Ward's he's he's got a spot on this team right now. He's a third string running back, and um, they could keep four or three active on game day. And, and Eno Benjamin would be practice squad eligible. I know he doesn't want to hear that, but um, forty one to me. He's he's listed at five seven one seventy four, but he plays a lot bigger. And Jonathan Ward six feet two o two. Um, he's wearing number 29, and 29, he's getting a ton of reps in there. And I, I noticed between you, you look at Chase, number two, and then you look at Connor, number six. Then, the, then you see Jonathan Ward, and then you see Muhammad, and then all of a sudden you see Edom Benjamin. And uh, so it, it's to me it's going to be a long shot, but the fact is he realizes he's going to have to do something on teams, and it's not returning. It's about being out there, and you can be available. We know injuries occur at that position. So he's got to be ready, and I think we're going to see a lot of him in the preseason. The other player that was working as the up-back, Chris Strebler, who we saw work special teams occasionally last season. If he is to make this roster as your third quarterback slash special teamer, then we might see him more. And then all of a sudden, if you're on punt return, or excuse me, on, on the punt team, uh, you know, now all of a sudden maybe maybe you can utilize him a little bit as far as his arm and some of those gadgets and different options to kind of keep the offense on the football field. But, yeah, Eno Benjamin and Chris Strebler both working on special teams, something that, uh, well, Eno did not do and Strebler did a handful of times last season. Well, that tells me they're going to do this in the preseason because I, I don't see Chris Strebler making the roster. I mean, they, 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 we'll get into Colt McCoy because – you know, since we're, we're talking about this, I, I go back to last year, and, and, you know, this is what I was told recently. When they went into camp, Brett Hundley was the backup quarterback, okay? He didn't play up to par, though, and Strebler outplayed him. So this is the first time I'm hearing this. That's why Strebler was the backup. Now, we know that clearly he wasn't ready to play in that game, and you think why Hundley was on the bench, but in fairness, now – We'll get into Jordan Hicks and what happened at inside linebacker. But in fairness, you know we see the we see certain practices. We don't look at the film. Is he missing guys? But Brett Hundley did not have a good training camp, and that's why the Cardinals went in with Chris Strebler. We saw him in week one and two. Um, so to me, preseason because to me the, the the punt protector has always been like Zeke Turner, yep. where he can make the call. Of course, he made the throw. Uh, was that Andy Lee made the throw? Um, yeah, it was Zeke Turner, but had the catch. Yes, the catch. So, so to me, you got to put somebody out there, and if you want to show in the preseason, go for it. But I, I just don't think Chris Strelow is going to be on the active roster. But again, that's what the preseason's for, and they still believe he could be that Tyson Hill. But clearly, you know, it was a little bit different with Drew Brees' age, and then you got Jameis Winston there. After week one or two, they're not taking Kyler Murray off the field. So. Um, and he can run the scout team. Uh, you know, you're going to go against some uh, read option quarterbacks this year, guys that, you know, pocket passers. So he'll get a chance to practice, but I, I just don't see him them keeping two, uh, three quarterbacks on the roster. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we come to you from Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. And the big thing, MJ, that happened on Saturday took place post 
practice. And that was hearing from Jordan Hicks, who took us behind closed doors on what happened this offseason. A quick refresher, Hicks, during the offseason, accepted a pay cut, saw Zayvon Collins get drafted, anointed the starter. Team now says Hicks will assist on a trade. Never happened. He missed all of the offseason work, did report to training camp on time, and that's where we're at right now. I thought Hicks could not have been better at explaining his side of the story, and I got no reason to discount what he had to say, but it was good to get an honest, open, and really refreshing player talk about what he was going through because you know we only get what's reported out there and we don't see Hicks we're wondering what's going on is he unhappy well yeah he's unhappy but he is here he's being a good soldier he's being a consummate professional but the biggest takeaway that I had from Jordan Hicks is one he is obviously unhappy but he is here he has a job and he'll do everything in his power to help Zayvon Collins and maybe even help himself to get on the football field. So a lot of different things, but uh, just for you, what you heard in that press conference room from Jordan Hicks. Well, it happened on draft night. They made it very clear that he was going to be a day one starter, and they drafted Isaiah Simmons the year before. Now, listen, I think Jordan Hicks was a very good signing. Um you know, is it his fault that they didn't have a nice rotation at defensive line last year? That's the reason why they went out and got Jordan Phillips. That's the reason why they went out and got J.J. Watt this year. So he was getting tackles three or four yards on the line of scrimmage. And then the prior year, he had a hard time covering tight ends, and I thought Devondre Campbell. Now, the Cardinals did think they had a trade partner. It didn't work out. Uh, he's been a pro's pro. Matter of fact, on on some of the plays on Saturday, um, it was Hicks and, and, and uh, Collins inside, and they had Chandler on the outside, and they had Isaiah Simmons on the outside. Still looked like that, you know, that three-four front. Um, so, um, you know, I think I think what people are wanting to know: why did they anoint him draft night? I do. I mean, I I, I was hey, we can go back to the archives, MJ. I'm, I I still have a hard time understanding why. Okay, but we don't know what the exit interview was like when Steve or Cliff met with Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks did not play good football last year. At the end of the season, he tailed off, correct. Well, if you want to just look going back, to, you know, we look at the tackles, but his his grades were not good, and the Cardinals felt like there's a guy here that is a, is going to be the future. And, and, and I give Jordan Hicks – I don't know if he's unhappy. He, he wants – he's, un, he's unhappy with the situation yes. that he was placed in. He didn't put himself in this situation. He had that situation placed upon himself. Right, but he – He's going to compete. Yes. And we've already heard that there could be a possession or two that Collins is going to be on the sidelines. We have to anticipate, Craig, even with Isaiah Simmons, because he doesn't have the snap count up like we thought he would, um, they're going to be growing pains. So I like the fact that Vance is willing to, you know, get Vance, we're going to play the best players. Now, right now, Collins is passing with eye. He's passing with flying colors. He makes the calls. You could see the athleticism. Um, yeah, I, I, I just know that if, when, when Steve Kine probably looked at those games in weeks 7, 16, and 17, and he thought, you know what, we got to get more physical and we got to get more athleticism at that position. Nothing against Hicks. And Hicks said, I understand it's a business. Steve's got to do what's best for the franchise. I guess the thing is, and, and you're seeing national stories say, why wouldn't you let the guy compete? That's the question there, okay? But they made it very clear uh, when they 
started uh, scouting Hicks, I'm sorry, uh, Collins, and based on how Hicks played last year, you could see why they made the pick. I just, if I'm the general manager, I cannot do that. I, I, I can't put that on a young player. As we always are told, you have to earn it. Whether that's in the National Football League or in your current position, your current job, whatever you're doing, you always want that opportunity. What do you do with that opportunity? Well, when the opportunity is taken away from you, like it was for Jordan Hicks and the opportunity to compete to be the starter, how do you react? And I think Jordan Hicks reacted as anyone else would and maybe even better because he's here, he's participating, and as we discussed on Friday, he's still the first player in line for those inside linebacker drills. So he is going to make it very, very difficult for Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph to make that decision and keep Zayvon Collins on the football field. Look, I hope everything works out. I'll keep saying it. I'm just glad Hicks is here to be a sounding board and to be the backup, if you will, the uh, the fallback plan. I'll, I'll call, call it what it is. It's, it's the fallback plan. But to hear Hicks say that he's willing to help Collins on and off the field, quote, I feel I've got a lot of knowledge to share. And then he mentioned that when he was a rookie, D'Amico Ryans mentored him, brought him under his wing. And I think as difficult as it sounds, that's what Hicks is doing with Zayvon Collins. And and it it cannot be easy to kind of help someone who not is trying to take your job, has your job. And uh, that can't be stated enough on just what Hicks is being asked to do and is doing given the situation. Speaking of Demeco Ryans, he is the uh, 49ers uh, defensive coordinator now that Robert Sala is the head coach of the Jets, and they got one of the best inside linebackers in football in Fred Warner. Listen, you want to bottom line this? They need Jordan Hicks. Now, in the perfect world, he's in a, on another team right now. But then who are your backups? I, I know they had an interest in Devondre Campbell, he ended up signing with the Packers. Um, if Hicks was traded, I, I, I prefer to have Devondre Campbell here. And then you, right now, running two is Tanner Vallejo and Jordan Hicks. you got to think Zeke Turner's going to squeeze in there at some point because of his athleticism and know he's going to be active on game day. And then Kylie Fitz, Conley Canard, they set the edges on the outside. But right now, they need Jordan Hicks. The other inside linebackers on the roster, Jamal Carter, Donald Rutledge, Evan Weaver, Terrence Smith, and I know – Weaver as a draft pick you know he was on the practice squad all last season I just don't know if he has what it takes at this level despite how successful he was in college that is a huge jump from college to the pros and I just don't know right now if he is there to be someone that the Cardinals can count on not certainly not as a starter but someone that could be providing some depth at inside linebacker yeah he's they got a lot of you know we talk about the young guys Collins and, and Simmons but you got Hicks you got Vallejo you got Turner a couple of Rutledge um, I just think he's on the outside looking in, and unfortunately for him, he needed to play in the preseason last year because this guy would have been like a Tasmanian devil on special teams. He didn't get a let, get a chance to let it get his feet wet. I mean, he he's really he does well in drills. He's kind of undersized at that position, so I think it's going to be a long shot just based on you already got two young guys, and then you got a veteran presence between Vallejo, Hicks, and then Turner, and where those guys play on teams. So I think it's going to be a, a tall order for him to even be on the practice squad this year. Now, I'll give the Cardinals credits in this aspect and how they chose to handle this situation with Jordan Hicks because we heard it from Hicks himself. A couple of days after the draft, Steve Kime 
called Hicks to inform him what was going to happen and that, quote, I couldn't compete for the job. That was the whole reason behind all the drama, end quote. So I appreciate the fact that the Cardinals did not keep Hicks in the dark. They were straightforward with Hicks on, look, this is how it's going to go. And to a certain extent, yeah, Hicks admitted he was pissed off at first but then understood the business aspect because the team is doing what it thinks is best for the organization and not just for one individual. So I like that, that there was constant communication. And we were told that from Cliff, from Cliff Kingsbury, whether it was him or Vance Joseph, that they always kept Hicks in the loop. I don't know how many teams do that under under situations like this. So I do like that. And, again, I'm on record. I don't agree with the decision to anoint Zayvon Collins as the starter, but let's hope it works out. The decision's been made, MJ. I mean, I, I personally, i got to get over it. Zayvon Collins is the guy, and let's hope everything works out. And so far, it has. Listen, I, I'm all for competing, but you don't draft a guy 16th overall to sit on the bench. Not when, you, when, not when you're, you know, you got abused in week 16 and 17. Now, during that conversation, I'm sure he said, we're going to allow you and your agent to explore a trade. No market. Yeah. They, just, I can tell you there's one team out there, and they end up signing another player that they thought he was going to get traded, but not a market out there for him based on his film. Yeah, so Hicks shows up, and as he said, quote, I just want to play. This is where we're sitting right now. Show up every day with a smile on my face and be the best teammates I can be, end quote. And then he was asked about Zavin specifically, and Zavin is doing everything he's supposed to do. He's picking up the defense. He's commanding the huddle. And to Hicks's point, that's not easy especially when you're a rookie and when Hicks says you're looking at the huddle and you've got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, all eyes are on you, Rook. You have to let us know what to do. That, that can be intimidating, but right now it certainly sounds here in training camp we'll get more in preseason that Zayvon Collins is up for the challenge and it is a monumental challenge that is being put in front of him. And it's not going to be an easy chore. I'm, I'm sure if you're Dal uh, Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator now with the uh, Tennessee Titans, of course, Arthur Smith moved on to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and, and Dow Loggins does have a relationship with Tannehill, um, and they're going to utilize play action, but they're they're going to go after the young players on the Cardinals. We watched Kyle Shanahan do it, and hopefully Isaiah's up for the task, but the good news is you're going to have a healthy Chandler, motivated Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, J.J. Watt, uh, it's, to me, the first three games are fascinating. You, you get the Vikings in your home opener, and then you got to, you know, you play Jacksonville, and you would think they're going to try to find their oats, even though they got a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, so to speak. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, I'm I'm really really interested in how these offensive coordinators are going to approach the Cardinals, considering in the middle of that field, you got you don't have a guy, they don't have a ton of starts, and they don't have a ton of snaps. Now that could change. But it'll be interesting to see how the growing pains they go through in September and how they change from October to hopefully January. And you're going to hear a lot about leash, you know, short leash, long leash, how much do you allow Zayvon Collins to play through his mistakes, which I think you do have. But at what point do you go, all right, well, <laughs> too many mistakes costing us games, costing us position, costing us a potential playoff spot. So that is that's going to be an interesting give and take as well when you're making decisions going into a particular game week. Yeah, and you got to trust Vance. Um, he obviously has more intel than we do. He watches practice. He knows what every guy's strength is. And, and listen – at the end of the day, you got to win football games. I mean, Zayvon Collins isn't going anywhere. 
He's going to be here for the next five years. And listen, I wouldn't be mad if it, it took him a little time to get going, but everything you hear and see, he looks the part. When, when, when the bullets are flying, it's a little bit different than playing at Tulsa. By the way, you've got a better memory than I do when it comes to Arizona Cardinals history, but Darren Urban noted in his story with Jordan Hicks over the weekend on, weekend on azcardinals.com, he brought up 2007. Kurt Warner felt frustrated, felt he had outplayed Matt Leinert. Leinert named the starter, ended up getting hurt, and Warner finished the season as the guy, not saying that you know that's going to happen here in 2021, but it's what do you do, how do you handle the situation? And right now, Hicks, I think, is handling everything about as well as you could possibly do. Oh, by the way, he's looking very good in training camp. He looks like he lost a little bit of weight. Obviously, he's motivated. He's betting on himself here. And, you know, I, I wouldn't trade him right now, Craig, because I don't know if they have that much depth. But, I mean – it's not like he's, you know, getting less reps. I mean, they try to get everyone reps. Clearly, he's not in there when they come to the number one defense. But he's, I mean, they 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 give all these guys reps. Man, you're fourth or fifth string. You're probably not getting the same reps. But he actually looks a lot better and a lot faster than he did end the season last year. And I'm sure that's just taking a toll on your body when you play that position. By the way, Bird Gang season and single game tickets available right now. AZCardinals.com. Easy for me to say. .com slash game ticks. That's AZCardinals.com slash game T-I-X. And if you're looking for information on training camp, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. Again, AZCardinals.com. The news of the day around the National Football League. Real quick here as we talk on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz will undergo foot surgery. The timetable, though, is what is a little bit eye-opening. Five to 12 weeks, and we bring this up because Christmas Day, December 25th, the Cardinals host the Colts here at State Farm Stadium. That's four months out, so I would think – if everything goes well, Carson Wentz would be the Colts quarterback, but it is something that is going to affect this division because the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers all play the Indianapolis Colts this season. I don't have the schedules in front of me, but, you know, what – do they get Carson Wentz? Do they get Jacob Eason? Do they get Brett Hundley, who just signed over the weekend? So something that we don't account for when we're going through teams and schedules and predictions – when injuries happen, and then how long do injuries last? Well, and if Rodgers would have got traded to a team in the AFC, we would have avoided Aaron Rodgers. And then Deshaun Watson, who knows what's going on there. We're probably going to face Tyrod Taylor, but it's a good point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Foles is on line one. He's running third string in Chicago. Um, you know, he's making a decent amount of money. He's, been, he's very familiar with Frank Wright's offense. Um, but, you know, I listened to Chris Ballard actually last offseason when people were wondering what they're going to do with the position, and uh, he was really excited about Jacob Eason. Now, again, it's different, um, but I got to think if he's going to be out 5 to 12 weeks. Um, I, I mean, it, it's unfortunate because he had an injury in high school, led over to the NFL, and it looks like the, either the screw um, broke, so he's going to have to have surgery there. So it's it's disappointing because I thought he would flourish in, in that system with Frank White. And, and they they have a Super Bowl-type roster with that offensive line and some of the running games and their defense of coordinator doesn't get enough credit. Um, but, yeah, just so much uncertainty in that division with the quarterback play. Uh, the only thing that's guaranteed is we know that um, – 
and Ryan Tannehill and Trevor Lawrence are going to be playing each week unless something else happens. But for the other guys, I don't know what's going to transpire. But I, I, if I'm if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm calling to get Nick Foles there because he's familiar with Frank Wright when they are in Philadelphia. First big injury I think we're talking about here in training camp certainly involving a starting quarterback and you wish the best for Carson Wentz because he was going to hit reset on his career reunited with Frank Reich just not in Philadelphia but now in Indianapolis and now you got to hit pause on that yeah it's, it's disappointing I, I feel for him because you know you get a fresh start and kind of got you know I don't know clearly the ownership felt like they needed to do after Jalen's hurts you wonder did he get a fair shot there? I mean, the problem is he's been injury prone, and you can't count on a guy like that. And so they did their due diligence, and, you know, we'll see how Sam Darnold pans out with the Panthers. They feel comfortable with him. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, last year he went through mono, but he, he seems like another guy that's hitting the reset button on his career. Well, they got a well-coached team, and I just don't know how they're going to be able to compete right away in that division with the uh, Buccaneers and Saints. You know what you can count on? Cards cover two. Absolutely. Here at Cardinals training camp powered by Cox and the pads coming on this week. That's when things really get interesting. We'll know a lot more about the 2021 Arizona Cardinals or those players who hope to be a part of the 2021 Arizona Cardinals. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.